Church, come on, can we welcome the Lord Jesus into this place? Welcome God. Oh, as we sing, oh God, would you open up the heavens? We want to see your glory. Just glory, God. All right, come on, you know this one. Every voice now. We waited for this day. We're gathered in your name. And we're calling out to you. Your glory. Your glory like a fire. Awakening desire. We'll burn our hearts with truth. You're the reason, and you're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Come on, open up the heavens. We're gonna see. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our veins. Open up the Your presence in this place, your glory on our face. We're looking to the sky like a cloud, descending like a cloud. You're standing, we're standing right here, Lord. Fix our eyes on Him. 
it all to peace The storm surrounding me Let it pray at your name At your name Still Call the sea still The raging me Still every way At your name Come on, let's sing his name now Jesus, Jesus You may you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. You silence fear. Do you believe it now? Jesus, Say it, Jesus. What does He do? You make the darkness oh, this is Jesus, Jesus. Sing that second verse and breathe. Call His bones to live. Call His love.
want to lift our hearts. Lift your eyes to Jesus. There's an amazing moment in Scripture in the New Testament where Jesus, he walks up on a high mountain to a few of the disciples, and it's up there that his face just began to shine like the sun, and his clothes were bright as light. The disciples were just taken back and trembling and scared, and then, then Elijah shows up and Moses shows up. Then a cloud shows up that's brighter than the sun, and the disciples just fall face down. A lot of worship has that kind of trembling. You fall face down. And then Jesus comes to his disciples. He comes to us, and he says, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Get up. And they get up, and I love this verse. They get up, and they only see Jesus. Nothing else. They only see Jesus. So here we are now declaring the name of Jesus on a cold Sunday morning in January. And we're bringing our fears, we're bringing our concerns, we're bringing our worries, we're bringing our needs. Jesus in his tenderness, his amazing tenderness, his kindness comes and says, do not be afraid, get up, stand up. And when we open our eyes, we see no one and nothing but Jesus. So Lord, open our eyes to see you you alone. Unveil our eyes to see you. Oh, your name is high. Sing his name. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence, you silence fear. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, you're the author, perfecter. You start it all, you end it all. You're everything in between, Lord God. And we fix our eyes on you now. Our eyes gaze on you, Lord. Thank you, God.
God, we declare your awesomeness this morning, that your goodness is more than we can fathom. And God, we're so excited to be in your presence, Lord, to be with you, with our brothers and sisters. God, we know that the impossible is possible because you're awesome. And you've never met a challenge or a situation that you've been intimidated by. So we just thank you that you're on the throne, Lord, that you're on the throne of our lives, that you oversee it all. You're in charge of it all, Lord, and so we can trust, we can surrender, we can rest in your presence. We thank you and we give you praise. Amen, amen. Church, welcome. Those in the room and those watching online, New Life Arctic Circle, it's a great church, right? Amazing, amazing place. Um, all of you watching from your igloos at home, we're so glad you've joined us. That joke didn't land like I thought it might. Man, 
So great to be with you guys. This is Psalm 145. Love this verse. This is, we'll start in verse three. It says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of your glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. You know, of all the things that make God awesome, right? The fact that he sustains life on earth every second of every day. The fact that he created the ever expanding cosmos. I think one of the greatest things about God, one of the things that makes him awesome is that he is able to redeem us. You know, you may be facing a situation where you feel like, man, I'm kind of at the end of the rope here. I'm in a place of great stress, of great tension, of great anxiety. Do you know that God is right there with you? The awesome God who created the heavens and the earth sees you, knows you, knows what you're going through and is able to sustain you and strengthen you and bring breakthrough to your life. So we're gonna take a moment right now and pray for anyone in the room. You can raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me if you want prayer. If not, the Lord knows who you are. We're gonna pray for you, that God would fill your heart with faith and hope that he is who he says he is to you in this moment, not in general, but in the specific situation that you're facing, that God sees you and he's able. So if that's you and you want prayer, you want those around you to lay hands on you, circle up, raise your hand if you say, yeah, I'm in a tough spot right now. I'm stressed out, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Yeah, if you see someone close by, just jump in with them. Otherwise, guys, let's just pray together and believe God to be who he says he is. Father, we thank you for our friends in the room, our friends watching online, who just feel that they maybe lost sight of who you are because of the stress in their life. God, will you bring them peace? Will you bring them hope? Will you be their anchor in this time? God, thank you that you are the God that redeems all things. God, even the messes that we make, that we're at fault in, you step in and you break shame off our life and you begin the healing work in us. So we just thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you for those in our city who are at the end of their rope, Lord. Maybe they're struggling with homelessness or they're just wondering where their next meal is gonna come from, Lord. We thank you that we as a church can stand with them and remind them that you are the God who provides, who heals, who sees, who restores. So we thank you for your presence with us in this room right now. And Lord, as we give, May you be glorified. May you make yourself famous on the earth as we give to you, as we give in worship. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.
Can you say amen? Come on, church. So good to be together. Friends, say hello to somebody next to you. Maybe some of you don't know. Maybe somebody you do know. But greet them aggressively in Jesus' name. Good morning, New Life North. I'm Christina. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Briggs. If you're new here and you're wondering what ministries New Life Church offers, you can scan the QR code or click the link below. And if you're joining us from Facebook or YouTube, let us know where you're tuning in from because we would love to say hi. It's time to lean in, grab your Bible, a pen, and a notebook, and get ready for a powerful message. Doing good? The Frozen Chosen. Here we are together, right? <laughs> I want to announce a new, uh, a new New Life congregation, New Life Arctic Circle. It's going to meet right here. It is cold outside, okay? Ten below is cold. I, I, don't, I try not to complain about the cold because uh, we live in Colorado. It's January. It's supposed to be cold, but ten below is not fair, right? It makes it's angry. It's like angry cold. You walk outside, you get angry. So I've been wrestling some anger all morning. <laughs> but don't feel bad for me because in a couple of weeks, I uh, had a, a really sweet pastor down in Colombia in South America. He called me several months ago and he said, hey, Brady, uh, we have about 700 pastors that are going to be at this conference uh, and I, we want you to come down. Would you come down to South America for a couple of days and encourage these pastors from all over the country? I said, when is it? He says, it's in January. I said, what's the temperature there right now in January? It's 91 there this morning with like 60% humidity. So in a couple of weeks, don't feel bad for me, okay? I said, let me pray about it. Yes, I heard the Lord. Like, I mean, immediately the Lord spoke to me to go down there. So, <laughs> so I will be in Columbia in a couple of weeks, just for a couple of days, but I, I'm gonna get off the plane and just deep frost, right? For a couple of days and then come right back into this. All right. Something really exciting is going to start today. I, I don't think we've done this. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember in 16 years that I've ever preached through the book of John, and that's what we're going to do until probably the Sunday after Easter. So for the next three and a half, four months, uh, we're going to be in the book of John, the gospel of John. So I want you to turn there with me today, and there's a reason why I believe the Lord is leading us to this particular gospel and this particular time in our, in our, our nation and in our, in our church. Of all the four Gospels, I believe John uh, really understood the divinity of, of who, who Jesus was and who he was not. And John does a brilliant, brilliant job of explaining Jesus. And I, for me, here we are in uh, January, election year, all kinds of craziness around the world. I want to spend the first four months of, of this year talking exclusively about Jesus. Is that okay with you guys? So I just want to make a, a deal with you. When you come to church on Sunday, I believe the pulpit, and I get a lot of pushback from this. I get a lot of, uh, even other pastors want to argue with me about the role of the pulpit. The role of the pulpit is really twofold. The pulpit is meant to disciple the believers inside the church. That's really the primary role, is to build up the body of Christ, to help all of us, including myself, fall more in love with Jesus and follow him more fully. That's what it means to 
be discipled, right? To love Jesus and follow him more fully. That's the number one role. The second role of the pulpit is to welcome the weary sinner back home to the prodigal, those who are a long way from Jesus. And if that's you here today, we're so glad you're here. If you, maybe this is the first time you've been back into a church. Maybe you're watching online and it's been a really long time since you uh, tuned into a church. You're, you're taking a risk a bit today. Maybe you were wounded or hurt in other places and now you're settling back into the church, hoping that you're not disappointed. Well, I cannot guarantee that you won't be disappointed along the way. I can guarantee this, you'll be treated well here. You're gonna be treated kindly, fairly. People are gonna love you. People are going to be messy. Uh, but that's the role of the pulpit, to disciple and to welcome. To disciple the believers in front of us and to welcome the weary sinner prodigal back home. To stand on the front porch with our eyes down the road, hoping that the prodigal starts walking back our way, amen? And that's who we are at New Life Church. And in John chapter one, this gospel was written much later than the other three. So John was written later. Matthew, Mark, and Luke were written before the book of John. And interestingly enough about John, it contains fewer parables and fewer miracles. So if you're looking for parables, there are some in John. There are some miracle stories in John, but fewer than the other three gospels. And, and, and the reason was that John was wanted to talk more about the theological nature of, of who Jesus was. So he, he goes deeper in some ways in explaining who Jesus really was. John was present at the crucifixion, one of the few disciples who was actually at the cross. Remember, most of the disciples had run, they had fled. But John did not. John was present, he saw Jesus be crucified. In fact, one of the seven last sayings of Jesus was Jesus looking at John and saying, John, take care of my mom. Mom, this is your son. John, that is your mother. And that's why, by the way, the, the, the apartment complex that we have for single moms is called Mary's Home. I don't know if you know that. It's named after Mary for single moms because Mary was a single mom when Jesus died. And in honor of the mother of Jesus, it's not a Catholic thing, it's a Bible thing. So this gospel is intensely personal and it says more about the person and the divinity of Jesus than any other gospel. And it does it right out of the gate in verse one. Are you there in John chapter one? Go to the red letters, keep going till you hit the book of John. John chapter one. Let's, I'm gonna read this to you. Listen to the word of the Lord this morning. In the beginning was the word. And the word, word, is <laughs> talking about Jesus here, okay? So don't, don't be confused by that. Maybe this is the first time you've heard this passage. He's talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Listen, we could sit right here with that one verse for three months and not run out of things to talk about. That is one of the richest, deepest, most profound theological explanations of Jesus anywhere in the scripture I just read to you. It talks about the Trinity, it talks about the creation, it talks about the person of Jesus. In one scripture, we just discovered some, some of the most magnificent things about Jesus that it's possible to discover. Let me read that to you one more. I think it's good to read that one more time then. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
Somebody say amen to that. Are you catching this today? Why that's so important to believe all of that. Verse two, he was with God in the beginning. So he's repeating what you just read in the first verse. So remember, I've taught you this for 16 years. When the Bible repeats itself, it's God yelling at us, (laughs) right? Hey, did you get that? Hey, (laughs) pay attention. So he just repeated himself again. He was with God in the beginning. Verse three, through him, he's talking about Jesus still, through him, all things were made. Without him, none of this would exist, he said. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Pike's Peak was invented and created and established with Jesus involved. And we can thank the Lord for that, can't we, right? I'm grateful he put it here. It would look terrible in Iowa anyway, right? It belongs in Colorado. Verse four, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. All of us said, you know the reason you got up this morning, 10 below zero, and listen, if you ever had an excuse to stay home in your flannel jammies with your cat in your lap, with a fire in the fireplace, watching me on YouTube, it was this morning. And I don't, if you're there, and that's, if I just described you perfectly, we love you, and we'll see you next Sunday. It's supposed to be like 30 next Sunday, all right? It's gonna be a warm spell. But the reason we're here, what drew us here this morning, there's something magnetic about the person of Jesus. I'm drawn to it. Listen, I was, I was, I was kind of making a fun last night. I was watching that Kansas City ball game on Peacock, which I thought was ridiculous. But anyway, I was watching it. And it was like, what, 60, 70,000 people sitting in a stadium, an open air stadium. And it's like 40 below, you know, the wind chill. And I'm thinking, what drew them there? There's, I love football. There's not anyone in the room that loves football more than me. There ain't no way this 57 year old white guy is gonna go sit in that stadium when it's on TV. But listen, we're all drawn to something. Why do they go? They're drawn to it. Listen, you're drawn to something. You, something is magnetically calling your name. The world's calling for you, right? Your flesh is calling for you. The, the, the temptations of the world is magnetically pulling themselves toward us. But then Jesus shows up in the darkness. Go back to verse four. Let me show this to you. I want you to catch this, all right? In that dark place, In him was life. See, what happens is we're running around looking for all the same thing. All of us in this room are running around looking for the same thing. We're looking for life. We want this to make sense. We want to enjoy ourselves. We want want the joy of the Lord. We We want our hearts to be settled. We want to live at peace. I want to have friends. I want to have family. I want to live at peace with each other. I want to do, I want to help people flourish around me. We're all looking for the same thing, right? Hopefully that's what we're all looking for. If you're out looking for something else, you'll find it, I promise. But in him is the life you're looking for. That's what you're looking for. Maybe you're here today and this is your first time to even hear about Jesus. And you've got the same appetites that I have, by the way. All of us in this room have the same appetites, right? Aren't we all looking for basically the same thing? Food, shelter, companionship, joy, fun, belonging, purpose, identity, in that world, we're, we're all the same appetites. In him was life. And that life was the light of some people. 
This is, let me tell you, this is why this scripture is so profoundly powerful. It makes you, if you believe that, then I want you to think about the, the worst group of people on your radar right now. People you, you complain and bark about. That when, that when that group of people are brought up to you, you get a little aggravated, you get a little tense. Right? Remember this scripture the next time. In him was life, and that life was the light of every knucklehead that you know. <laughs> every in-law that you despise. Every political group that you think's lost, completely gone, no hope for them. Well, I, I, I read the Bible differently. I think there's hope for everyone. If the gospel's not for everyone, it's not for anyone. So it's for everyone. Everyone has a chance to get it right. Now look at verse five. This is really powerful for some of you today. The light shines in the darkness. All right, so where does Jesus show up? Let me just stop here. Catch this, please. Where does Jesus usually show up? In the darkest places possible. Where does Jesus want to show up? In the darkest places imaginable. In Gaza right now. In Ukraine right now. In Nigeria where Christians are being slaughtered right now. Uh, in northern Pakistan where it's almost impossible to be a believer. Uh, in places in India where the church is hiding for their lives this morning. Where does Jesus show up? In the darkness. And guess what happens when Jesus shows up in the darkness? The darkness has never overcome it. Jesus, listen very carefully, write this down, this is gonna change your life. Jesus is undefeated against the darkness. It's a million to nothing. It, it is the most obscene score you've ever seen in any sporting event. It, it, it is a runaway, landslide, never even close. The, the game was over before it started. The darkness has never, ever, 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 ever overcome it. That's, isn't that good news? Ever. And I know people are unsettled by the world right now, like, wow, we're, are, is this gonna be the first time we ever lose? Do you know the score? Let's say the Broncos are up 148 to nothing at halftime. That, that never gonna happen. Almost happened at Miami this year, but they were down like that. 70 to nothing. But listen, listen very carefully. If the Broncos were up, I'm trying to help the fellows here, okay? And some of the ladies, this will, this will stick with you. If the Broncos were up 148 to nothing at halftime, would you spend your halftime break worrying about the outcome? You finally caught it. You finally caught it. Bingo. Let me ask you a question. It's 148 to nothing in favor of Jesus right now. Why are you worried about the outcome? It, it just stuns me how troubled people are that we're going to somehow get to the end of this thing and lose. It's 148 to nothing at halftime. The other team doesn't even want to come out of the locker room. They're, they're wounded and hurt. Their best players have already given up. And we're worried about the outcome in 2024? I'm not talking about elections, I'm talking about living. I'm talking about thriving, I'm talking about following Jesus. He is king, by the way, he is on the throne. 
The, the grave did not win. Death did not win. And what is the worst thing imaginable? Death, right? Most people think that's the worst thing. Okay, the worst thing happened to Jesus. He was falsely accused, brutally murdered, and thrown into a grave. Is there anything worse than that? No. And guess what? On the third day, just like he promised, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we took their best shot, the best thing that they could do, the worst thing they could do against our Jesus, and he rose from the grave. He rose up. And the score, don't, don't ever forget this. I hope, I hope that's the stickiest thing you ever hear me say. Remember the score. The next time you wake up and you turn on the news, you go, ah, ah. Wait, the score, the score is 148 to nothing at that. Just remind yourself of that. We are living victoriously. Even when it doesn't look like any victories are happening, we're, we're people of victory. We've already won. The game's over. Now we just need to be faithful to the end of the game, right? Don't, don't walk off the field. The, the, you know, the only way you can lose this game is to forfeit. Y'all, this is good preaching. I hope you're catching this today. It's, it's better than I prepared. It's, it's actually better than I thought. I'm being blessed by it. The only way you will lose this ball game is if you walk off the field and quit. All you gotta do is finish it. Finish the game. This is, this is, I want you to really start living like this. I want to live like this. So what is he saying in these first five verses? I'm going to give you one big thing that will encourage you today. John, in the first five verses, says one thing. Here's what he says. Jesus is eternal. He was there in the beginning. He will be there in the end. There is, he's not going away. He's not going to be destroyed. He's not going to be defeated. Jesus is always, every time, all the time, eternal. That's good news. You know what's good news for me today? It's gonna be good news for my grandkids, if I have any. It's gonna be good news for my great-grandkids. It's gonna be good news for my great-great-greats. All of them. It's good news. All right, look at Colossians. Let me show you one more time. Colossians 1, in case you don't believe me yet. Verse 16, it says, for in him all things were created. Now, where is Paul getting that information from? John chapter one. He's, he's just quoting back, John. It, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and in Colorado and on earth. Listen to this, visible and invisible. Whether thrones, or this is very important now in 2024 to catch this. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, that's a lot, right? All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Isn't that good news? My goodness, why are we worried about anything today? Why are we walking around with any anxiety if that is true? Because I've been adopted into that family. Jesus has actually adopted me, chosen me, sealed my forehead with the Holy Spirit, filled me immeasurably with wisdom and strength. And my ruler, my king, is undefeated and, into, and, and he won't go anywhere. He's eternal. In other words, when you say that you put your feet on the rock who is Christ Jesus, when you say that, you're saying that nothing will move you. 
the winds will come, the rains will beat against your house, but nothing's gonna shake me off that, if that's true. All right, here's another reason why this is so important for you to catch, for me to catch today, for us. Now, I want you to write this down if you've never thought about John 1 in this way. Jesus has witnessed all human history. From the very first persons that were on the earth until the very last minutes when he returns, all of human history, Jesus has been present. He has seen every triumph. He has seen kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. He was there when all the great empires rose and fall. He was there when they were created. He, were, he was there when they rose to their top of their power and he was there to see their descending crash. All of them, every empire. Every famous king, Alexander the Great, Jesus was there. All of them. The Roman Empire, British Empire, the American Empire, whatever it is, Jesus saw it. He has witnessed the ebbs and flows of human history. Every single human being on the planet, Jesus knew them. All of your in-laws and outlaws, Jesus knew them. I have some characters in my family. I don't, have I ever told you this, that my great-great-grandfather killed a federal agent, ran for his life? That's my hometown. He ran to my hometown because that was a known hangout for criminals. I, I, I have some baggage. And yet my, Jesus knew this guy. And he was awful. He was terrible. That's my family. He's awful, terrible. But th this is good news for us that Jesus was present. Now, why? Because nothing in our lives surprises Jesus. I know what you're thinking. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are up in heaven right now having an emergency meeting <laughs> over your life. Because they never saw that coming. Jeez. I didn't know they were capable of that. But there it is. Let me ask you a question. You think you're the first one to experience what you're experiencing? No, you're not, right? Let's be honest. You're not, you're not the first one. Now, I'm not, I'm not dismissing what you're going through, okay? What you're going through is real, and it's painful. I get that. I'm not dismissing that. What I'm trying to tell you is you have a God, a Jesus, that has seen it before. In the beginning, he was there, and he's on the throne right now. He, there's not one thing that you've thought or experienced or even done that Jesus has not seen before and that Jesus has not redeemed before. Nothing you've done is unredeemable. You know why? Because he's already had experience redeeming it. There's not one sin you've committed that can't be forgiven. Why? Because he's forgiven that sin a million times already. And your sin is not unique to you. It's sin. And he knows how to forgive. He knows how to redeem that. He has seen it all. Listen to this. This is maybe the most, the strongest thing I've said so far. He has seen it all, he's healed it all, and he's forgiven it all. He's eternal. Do you, do you really believe, say amen if you believe half of what I've said so far, right? I just need to know you're with me. All right, here's the next thing that this scripture says, is that Jesus is the king that we need. So he says that Jesus is eternal. It does say that in John chapter one. But it also says Jesus is the king that we need. If you're looking for a Lord tonight, this morning, if you're looking for a king, please choose the right one. And I know we're in an election season, but I've already chosen my king. The one who really rules over my life, I've already chosen. I don't have to go through a four-year election for that. 
I'm safely in the palm of his hands, irregardless of the shenanigans that happen. I'm not here. Nothing's going to change that. All, Jesus was present when all things were created. Listen, thrones, powers, and rulers, the Bible says, were made by him and through him. Okay, if that's true, then he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And listen, every knee will bow before him. Don't, don't forget that, please. Make sure in your order of worship and your order of concern, the, last, the least of your concerns is Jesus losing some kind of authority or power this year. He is going to be as powerful today. One year from now, I'll stand on this stage and Jesus will still be Jesus, regardless of what the next 12 months bring to us. So Jesus is eternal. Jesus is the king we need. And Jesus is the light that we require. He is the light that you require. I, re I need it right now more than ever. I'm just telling you, I felt darkness kind of sweep in over our world in the last 12 months. And there's just been days where I just had to turn all media off. Now, I don't want to be unaware of what's happening. I owe it to you to be informed. I owe it to you to, to be uh, aware of what's happening in the world. When I come into the pulpit, I do bring an awareness of what's happening in our local world, our global world. I'm concerned about it. It caused me to pray. But at the end of the day, Jesus is the source of all spiritual light and life for me. And we need to spend more time in his presence in 2024 and less time consuming some of the media that we're consuming. So stay informed, stay alert. I'm not telling you to, to, to go run and hide. That's not good. We're not good citizens if we run and hide. I'm just saying to make sure that your level of consumptions even out. What are you consuming into your soul? Make sure that you're eating well from the buffet of the Lord. It's all you can eat, by the way. You come to the buffet of the Lord, it's all you can eat 24 hours a day. That, I'm honest, that's true. I'm just, it's, it's, it, it is sizzler all day long. It's Jesus sizzler. <laughs> and you can get dessert in this, at this buffet, okay? Just come to his, uh, his banquet table. Spend more time at his table this year, eating all you can from him. He, he has plenty and it's all for you. He made it for you. Just make sure you're consuming all of it. All right, now skip down. Hope you got that. That's, those are first five verses. You see how we could stay in this for um, three or four months in the first five verses and never lose topics. All right, but I'm trying to whet your appetite. So go down to verse 14, because then he says something else. John 1, verse 14, he says, the word became flesh. And we just celebrated that, right? That's, that's, that's the advent. That's the Christmas story. Jesus becoming a human, a baby with diapers. Jesus had diapers. Jesus got hungry. Jesus cried. The word became flesh and listen to this, made his dwelling among us. Emmanuel, God among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, listen to this, full of aggravation and anger. No, he came from the father. He should have been aggravated and angry what he found, right? That even, even though he got thrown into the middle of a messy world, you know what he came with? Full of grace and truth. Now I want you to catch this because very, this is theologically, this is where John differs from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. 
You see, you already see that John is a serious scholar. He's a, he's a, a deep thinker. He is, he is trying to make sense for us who Jesus is. So this is really important. I, I, there's a really famous person in our town who a lot of people follow. And <laughs> I said this one time 15 years ago, and this person who's very well known came up to me and says he had never thought about it. I said, you, you influenced a lot of people. He said, I had never thought that Jesus, Jesus and Jesus became human without surrendering his deity. And this person who's very well known, he said, I have never thought about that. I went, my gosh, that's kind of where you start. That's kind of like Christianity 101. How do you even believe in Jesus if you don't believe that? Jesus was not just some historical figure. Jesus was God and man all at once. So Jesus was born of a woman, grew from a baby to boy, grew from baby to boy to man. Now listen to that. Jesus was born of a woman. He grew from baby to boy to man. He got lost in the mall. Remember at 12, he got lost. His parents lost him. Can you imagine losing God for like three days? Not mom of the year there, Mary. Come on. He was hungry, tired, hangry. Tired and angry, angry, thirsty, he felt pain, just like us. We were saying, Pastor Brady, of course we all believe all this. Why does this sound so simple? No, listen, that's not true about most of the world. There's an old evil that's resurfacing right now on the planet. It's an old heresy, but it was one of the first heresies that James, Paul, Peter, John had to correct, actually. It was Gnosticism. And it's coming back now on the planet. It's an old heresy. It's a belief that Jesus was not fully human, but mostly a spiritual man. You know what that leads to? It leads to the belief that as long as you believe in God, you can do whatever you want with your body. Now you see that happening on our culture? I mean, you go to some people who are living very perverse lives and you say, why are you living such a perverse life? Oh, it's okay, I'm a spiritual person. Things are right between me and God. It doesn't matter what I do with my body. That's Gnosticism, that's a 2000 year old heresy. Now, why, why is it, it, listen, this is why we treat our bodies and what we do with our bodies matters. Why? Because Jesus took on our humanity and redeemed it. Therefore, what we do with our physical body matters to God. You're not, you're, you're, we, we, we believe you wait until you're married to have sex. We, we don't believe you have sexual partners all over town. That, why is that important? You know how many people don't believe that anymore? People under the age of 40 don't believe that anymore. It's Gnosticism. And they'll come to church and feel just fine about it because they believe in the old demonic heresy of Gnosticism. People who believe this could not fathom that Jesus suffered or experienced a real death. And he did. Jesus really died. He died a real death. He went to the, the Bible says he went to the place of the dead. The same place we're going to go when we die. Our bodies stop and we die. Jesus, if you have to believe that Jesus experienced a real death or the power of the resurrection will be lost upon you. If you don't believe he died a real death, and listen, if I were the enemy, how would I dumb down the Christian gospel for people? I'd say, well, you know, Jesus was kind of a spiritual person. He really wasn't a man. You know, he, he didn't really die because he was God and he just kind of went into a coma and resuscitated. Well, then that, that loses the power of the resurrection then. And listen, the resurrection is kind of the whole thing. 
If you don't believe in the resurrection, you're really not, you're not a Christ follower. You're following something else. But you, in order to be a follower of Jesus, the first thing you have to believe is that Christ rose from the dead. Or it really doesn't matter about the rest of it, right? He died and was resurrected, and he is the only God that's ever done that. No other major belief system has a, has a central figure who died and rose again. But Jesus did. And Jesus was always a perfect man. This is another, this is clearing up a lot of heresy out there. Jesus was always a perfect man. He did not sin. The Bible says he was tempted in every way just as we are, yet was what? Without sin. So Jesus was always a perfect man and Jesus was always a perfect God. Now why am I going to all this? Why am I getting down to the basics today? Okay, this is really basic stuff that I would sit down with a brand new Christian and this is what I would teach them. I wanna, I wanna reframe our church today, okay? This is who we are. This is what you're going to be hearing when you come to New Life Church. You're gonna hear about Jesus, who he is and why he still matters and why he can still change the world. Why he will, he will change the world, by the way. Do you know that everything that you see right now that is broken will one day be repaired by Jesus? All of it. When you take that bread and break that bread, you know what you're saying? You believe that everything that's broken is going to be repaired. I believe, every time I break the bread, every time you said he took the bread and he broke it and he handed it to his disciples, he was saying to them, listen, you're about to go into a really broken world. Everything around you is gonna look broken, but there will come a day when I'm coming back to set things right. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and there will be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more death or dying, no more crime, no more corruption, it's all gonna be gone. Everything you're worried about today is gonna to be swept away by the person of Jesus and he's going to make things right. Now here's the decision we all have to make. Are we gonna follow him now so that we can follow him for eternity? I'm following him now because I'm also convinced I'm gonna follow him for all of eternity. If Jesus is eternal, guess what? Here's the good news, if Jesus is eternal, so am I. Death will not have the final say over my life. Death will be, be a sad day, hopefully. Maybe some of you might be sad. I hope, you know, maybe you, little, you know, may get a little upset. Just fake it if not. I mean, you know. <laughs> it's going to be a long time from now, but, you know, show, show some remorse. Like, eh, he's a pretty good guy. We're going to miss him. <laughs> but listen, the bottom line is I have passed from one state to another, and so will you if you follow Jesus. Jesus is the perfect mediator for all my sins. He, and for yours. Now listen, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done, okay? You have to catch this, okay? So the first Adam was merely a man. So he fell. And that's what created all this tomfoolery, right? This shenanigans. Sin came into the world, why? Because of man's disobedience. Adam sinned and allowed sin into a perfect paradise. But he was just a man. And he was the first Adam. You know what? Jesus is called the second Adam, right? The second Adam was both man and God. So he completely conquered. Everything that was made wrong by Adam was made right by Jesus. So I'm going to give you an opportunity this morning to say yes to Jesus. So some of you watching online, this is going to be 
easy for you because you're by yourself maybe or watching with your family. And I want the decision to be yours. And only the Holy Spirit can compel you to decide this. I can't out argue you. I'm not here to fight with you or argue with you. I'm here to invite you to say yes to this person of Jesus so that you too and your, you and all of us who call on the name of the Lord will be eternal. Your death, I will be sad at your death. We will miss you. But I also know I will see you again. And we will be together for all of eternity. I have a bunch of relatives waiting on me right now. My dad's waiting on me. My grandparents are waiting on me. I have a nephew waiting on me. I got a lot of good close friends that I've buried over the years. They're waiting for me. They're there. They're as alive right now as they were when I knew them. And they're fully, fully formed in the perfect image of Jesus right now. And they're in his bosom. They're in his presence. And the peace of the Lord surrounds all of them right now. And that's what your life will be like if you say yes to Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? I have decided. And I want to give you a chance to, to decide as well. I'm going to pray a prayer. This is so simple. And you're going to say, Pastor Brady, that, that prayer was so simple. You know why the prayer is simple? Because Jesus has already done the hard work. All the hard lifting, the heavy lifting, the hard work has already been done by Jesus. You know, the only thing you have to do to receive salvation is not, you don't have to work. You don't have to go run. You don't have to accomplish a bunch of things. The only thing you have to do to receive salvation is to believe. That's it. Just believe. I mean, so do I have to understand it all? No, you don't have to understand it all. I don't understand it all. There's a lot of mystery about God. I'm going to spend the rest of my life unpacking the mysteries of God. I don't understand it all. I understand some, but I do believe. So I want to give you a chance to believe. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. Pray this prayer. My, my, my suggestion is if you, do, if you pray this prayer, tell somebody that you prayed the prayer. Tell somebody as soon as you can. I prayed that today and I, I meant it. Tell somebody you know and trust that you prayed. In fact, let's just all pray it out loud together. It's a great prayer of confession. All of us can pray it out loud together, okay? Father in heaven, I need a savior. I've tried to save myself and I have failed. So today, right now, at this moment, I choose Jesus. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe that Jesus has already forgiven my sins. And I choose today to give my life to Jesus. And now by the power of the Holy Spirit, help me to follow Jesus all the days of my life. Amen and amen. Can we thank the Lord for people that prayed? I know, amen. I had someone ask me, said, Pastor Brady, it's just so simple. Why don't you make people come down? Why don't you make them raise their hand? Listen, coming down and raising your hand is not the path of salvation. The path of salvation, you pray in and believe in. And the Sunday after Easter, when we baptize people, they'll tell you who said yes. And last year, over 600 people, because we just prayed a simple prayer, over 600 people came into the waters of baptism. Listen, the Holy Spirit's moving upon people's hearts. It's not my job to save you. It's my job to invite you. And I want to make sure you always have an invitation to say yes to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Amen. Those of you who serve at the Lord's table, come down. Be ready. We're going to come to the table of the Lord on this second Sunday in 2024. We're going to worship together. Let's worship. This song we're going to sing is 
I believe. It is a declaration of the absolutes of our faith. So I want you to sing it loud and sing it strong. And the way we receive communion, you come out of your seat, come down and take the bread and the cup, go back to where you're seated. And after the song, Pastor Brad will come up and lead us to the table of the Lord. Come to the table of the Lord.
you haven't already, grab your elements as we get ready to receive from the Lord. I was at coffee with a friend this past week and we were in a loud coffee shop. Music, tons of people around. But who he is in my life and what he was saying was so significant, everything else around me went to mute. And all I heard was the words coming out of his mouth and the look in his eyes. Did you know that's just like communion for us? There can be all kinds of stuff breaking loose in our life, all kinds of noise, the enemy yelling at us, and the master says, come here, I have something to say to you. And everything else goes to mute. And we see the eyes of Jesus staring at us, and we hear the words coming out of his mouth. And you know what they say to us? You know what he says to us? Nothing in your life surprises me. The enemy has taken his very best shot at you, but he will not win. I've seen it all. I've healed it all. I've forgiven it all. That's communion. And he says that to us because he's offered his very self to us. He took all that should have been on us upon himself and he was perfect. He took the punishment that should have been ours upon himself and he set us free. Thank you, Jesus. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had blessed it, he broke it and he said, this is my body given for you. Whenever you take it, do it in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. And then he took the cup and he said, this cup represents my blood, which makes a new covenant, an everlasting covenant between you and me. It cannot be broken. Let's take the cup together. Let's worship the Lord, church. What a morning together. There's no substitute for the presence, the power, the words of Jesus in our life. Thank you, Pastor Brady, for sharing with us. That was, wow. 
really amazing. I know I've already got a couple friends. I'm going to text and say, you've got to listen to this message, Pastor Brady, this morning. So powerful, so encouraging. Church, I want to uh, invite our prayer team to come forward. Um, if you're pray, if you're carrying something in this morning that, that you just think, man, I, I know I need to go and just maybe lean on the strength of someone else to pray over me in this area of our life. Don't rush out. You don't, you don't want to rush out into the cold, do you? You want to come forward in your prayer, right? Um, so do that. Also, out these doors and to the left, we have a place called Connect Central. If you're curious, like, what does it look like to move beyond just attending on Sundays, which is a great step, but how do I get involved actually, like in the life of the church throughout the week? We'd love to answer your questions and we have pastors and leaders that wanna meet you. I wanna pray a prayer of blessing as you go. Will you open your hands? New Life Church and all gathered and all watching online. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. And may his bright shining face shine upon your life this week and grant you a peace that you've never known. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, church. See you soon.